What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We are approaching the biggest week in powerlifting history. That's right. That's my hot take for today. This is the biggest week in powerlifting history because you are going to see the best powerlifting you are ever going to see in your life because USAPL Meganats and IPF Worlds will be taking place within the same week. Guaranteed, the best lifters in the world will be competing this week. I mean, with all the bullshit between the USAPL and IPF, I guess you get something good here because from Monday through Sunday, you're going to be occupied with some amazing powerlifting action. And Solana, Steve, and I give you our last-minute takes on USAPL Meganats and IPF Worlds. So we go into best overall lifters for Mega Nationals, a little bit more of a complex structure. Steve does a great job of explaining that. IPF Worlds is the structure that it always follows. So a little bit more simple. Didn't spend as much time in IPF Worlds because it's only two lifters as opposed to uh, lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight like USAPL Meganats. And also we give our last-minute takes and storylines, um, primarily with USAPL Meganats for the reason that we covered Meganats two weeks ago, and a lot has happened, and we missed a lot because we don't have a crystal ball and to see what's going to happen. So Solana, Steve, and I have been working overtime to give you the best powerlifting content you deserve and the sport needs. Get excited. Best week of powerlifting coming up right at you. Also, be sure to subscribe to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review as well. Tell tell us how much you like us. Spotify as well. Leave a five-star rating. Follow us on there. Subscribe on uh, our website, we do drop our uh, episodes on our website as well, 2 and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I promise there's going to be more content released there. We're just old people. I mean, me and Steve, Salon is probably great. We just don't know exactly how to get the best quality YouTube out there. We have two YouTube videos out there. We want to get more out there. Subscribe on that as well. And without further ado, here it is, two white Lights. Oh, baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Oh, baby, I like it more. Yeah, baby, I like it more. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take it away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the with the Dodger Brooklyn squad. Who take the love, he's on the score. And as promised, we are here yet again giving some last-minute storylines, last-minute takes from USAPL Meganats and IPF Worlds. Of course, I am joined by Steve DeNovi and Solana Lewis. We're almost there, Steve and Solana. We're almost there, but we are dropping this on Monday. Tomorrow, we will see the junior prime times, junior primetime lifters lift. I'm not really sure of the IPF schedule, if it's already happening. So a lot of people are hopefully on the airplane ride to Nationals, Las Vegas, or to South Africa, or they're already there, getting one last two white lights take. Steve? How are you? Yeah. I mean, the really only reason we're doing this episode is because we realize we're at 11 hours and 51 minutes and it needs to be exactly at least not exactly, but it, we have to have at least a 
actual half day worth of IPF Worlds and Nationals <laughs> content. We need to go over 12 hours. So literally people have a literal half day of content to listen from us. That's it. But yeah, I mean, we're getting into it. USAPL and then IPF best lifters. The USAPL one's a bit complicated though. So I think I got to really start off by explaining this because it's not do. very simple. And also they didn't really announce it very well until recently. Um, I did not know about this and um, they, they made a story post and it clarified it a bit and it makes more sense now. And actually, I like how they're doing it. I do like how they're doing it. Angela, did you have something you were going to comment about it? Um, you know, I do like, I was going to say that a lot of people are confused, but I do like how this works. My lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, it kind of cuts through all the dots thing, um, and the formula, because no matter what, somebody's going to be upset about a formula. I think if you do separate best overall lifters for a certain weight range, it works. I think, um, I think people are satisfied with that. And I think it's something to shoot for. As well, because sometimes when you go into meets for best overall lifter, you just know you're going to lose. Well, it's cool to know that I'm not for an extra pot of money competing with Ashton Ruska. I'm competing with other 90 kilos and other 82 and a half kilo lifters. So that works for me. Yep. So let's break it down. We're going to start with USAPL because it's a bit more complicated and there's a lot more to it. IPF Worlds is pretty simple. Who has the best overall good lift score? It's It's not really too complicated as well as like, if you follow IPF worlds, we, we pretty much know both, both, both really come down to two or three lifters where the USAPL one's a bit more complicated. So explain it. We have three subdivisions. We have men's and women's lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight. Starting with women's lightweight is 48 to 60 kilos, which is prime time on Thursday. Uh, middleweight is 67 and a half and 75, which is prime time on Friday. And then heavyweight is 82 and a half and up, which is prime time on Saturday. For men, it is 52 kilos to 75 kilos for the lightweight. For the middleweight, it's 82 and a half and 90. And then for the heavyweight, it's 100 and up. And basically what's going to happen is if you win your weight class, that's the major stipulation. If you win your weight class, you are then eligible for the lightweight, middleweight, or heavyweight best lifter, which is based off of dots. So... Like I'm, let's just use, uh, the 67 and a half and 75 kilo women. Let's say, uh, Gabby Martinez and Jasmine Penn win their weight classes. It would then be between them for the best overall lifter in the middleweight. Then the winners of each lightweight, middleweight, and heavyweight are entered into the champion of champions. And the best overall dots of the of those of the champion champions, which will be three lifters for men and three lifters for women, are the champion champions. And how the the payout breakdowns are is if you win your weight class, you win a thousand dollars. If you are the best lifter in one of the subdivisions, you win a thousand dollars. And second place in the subdivisions wins five hundred, and the champion champions wins two thousand. So some one lifter will win four thousand uh, dollars, or not one lifter, two lifters, one male and one female will win four thousand dollars. Um, there will be, uh, three men and three women that win $2,000 and then plenty weight class winners who just win a thousand. So that's basically how it's going to break down. There's also the pro series, which doesn't go based off of, if you won your weight class, that's just simply best overall dots. Um, we've discussed pro series before. I don't think we're really going to talk about that much because honestly, one, uh, it's, it's a lot to go into for pro series stuff, but two, I, I'm not fully sold that it really matters. I don't know where the pro series currently is heading or what is going to happen in the future with that. Um, 
yeah, that's a whole different topic. Um, but yeah, I guess we can start hopping in and we can start discussing, we can start with women's and go lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, and kind of break down who we look at as, as pretty much the favorites there. All right. So lightweight Solana, who do you like as far as the best overall lifters go in that weight range? All right. So for lightweight, which is 48 to 60 kilo, the two people to look at the, the closest are Celine Crum and Natalie Richards, because I have them at projected dots of anywhere between 550 and 560. Um, I have Celine more closer to 550 and Natalie more closer to 560 just because she's lighter. She's eating into the weight class, which is convenient for her. She's probably not going to be a full 60 kilos. And that two pound, that one, two pound difference can make a huge difference. We know that um, Selena is cutting down into his weight class. So we can expect her to be probably a little bit heavier, which is really convenient for Natalie. And Natalie's training is going so, so well. I think that we're really just looking at these two mainly. Um, we looked at a couple other people as well. Like we did, we calculated the dots for like Brittany Spookley, Jamie Fisher, Jessica Espinall, for example, but they're all looking to be in the mid to high 530 dots. If if they have really good days. And so, yeah, Celine and Natalie, and it's convenient because they're in the same weight class. They can literally just be going head to head. Like it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. And again, whoever wins, because it's plausible Celine could barely beat Natalie, but Natalie wins on dots, but it doesn't matter. You have to win your weight class to be a part of this. So we've talked about Jessica as and y'all being the favorite there, Jamie Fisher being the favorite 52, Brittany being the favorite 56. That's why we're, we're looking at them as dots. Um, but even with that, likely based off of what we see, Natalie or Celine would have to slip up a bit. So it's really based off of who wins between Natalie and Celine. And whoever does is probably going to win the best lifter for that lightweight women's class. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we talked about it initially when we talk, just talked about that weight class um, from our first preview show. It's going to be between Natalie and Celine uh, within that weight class. So if we're deciding it between that, they're going to be the t- uh, front runners in um, best overall lifters within that weight range too. Uh, we kind of predicted them already, like at that range. And Natalie Richards has kind of already kind of sta- has kind of already stapled herself as that lifter with her performance at the Virginia Pro. So do you want to go predictions just with the lightweight right now? Yeah, I mean, since I've got Natalie winning, I'm going to have her as the, the best lifter from that weight class. Yeah, I would say Natalie. Or from the lightweights. Did we all have Natalie on the preview? Yeah, we all did. Yep, all we right. did. All right, so let's go to middleweight then. Middleweight's interesting because mm-hmm. this is where it's really tricky. There's only two classes, 67 and a half and 75. I think we all agree Jasmine is the favorite at 75. Um, Jasmine, if she pretty much just kind of, I don't know how much we expect her to do over what she did last year. Um, it looks like she's trending about there. So if she hits the same, it's about like a 547 dot score. The big caveat is, is Sam versus Gabby and who wins? Because we know Sam is cutting down four dots for the pro series. Like I said, we're not going to cover the pro series as much here, but there could be a scenario where Sam gets second place in her weight class, is number one in the pro series standings. Gabby wins the weight class, but Jasmine beats Gabby on dots. I don't know if that made sense when I said that. (laughs) But basically, I mean, since Sam is cutting down, I have her at like a 564 dots. And literally, if Gabby hits the same total at her current body weight, I'm putting, but FYI, I'm putting Sam's body weight at 63 kilos. Um, 
uh, Solana, you might have more info on what she's trying to shoot for more than me, but it just kind of seems like 63 was kind of like the inherent goal, not by anything she said, but just by the general thoughts. Maybe it's even lower. I don't know. If Gabby hits basically the same total at what she weighed in at the Arnold, it's a 547.6 dots. And Jasmine right now, if she hits the total week projected, 547.27. So like I said, there's a lot of caveats here. If Sam wins the weight class, she likely is going to win the middleweight women's. And then she's going to likely win champion and champions when we get to that. But if she doesn't win, it's really close between Gabby and Jasmine. And I, it, it's a toss up who's going to win between there. So it really depends on who you think is going to win between Sam and Gabby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree. I'm so excited to watch this because, you know, I'm in this one. So I'm so excited to watch it up close. But um, so, yeah, when I look at Sam, I would agree. I wish she had told me she did not tell me exactly what weight she's shooting for. But like, I would guess she's going to be weighing 138 pounds. Um, I know that she's been cutting a good amount of weights, moving a lot. And so with that, I do, I do feel like Gabby could take her on winning overall, even though Sam would definitely have the higher dots and by probably a significant amount. I mean, I have Sam at like a five, between 562 and 564 dots and I have Gabby at like 547 so it's just like can Sam pull out the overall win because if she does just like you said Steve she should be champion champions so I'm I'm going to say a caveat here that's kind of uh I'm, I'm going to call USAPL out um prize money for nationals was originally supposed to be about the pro series and it's not at all that's an issue I I don't know I don't I haven't talked to Sam I don't know I wonder if she's upset because Pro, the pro series part of nationals was supposed to be where the major payouts were. And there is zero payouts for the pro series aspect of it. Yeah, that's a good point. I think they're just assuming that the best lifters will automatically be pros. And that's not really the case. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't love that. I, I, I like how they did it. I, I didn't even say this before. I like that they're doing it this way to an extent for the reason that they're prioritizing winning their weight class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But We've been all running under the assumption for many reasons that the payouts were based on the pro series, not based off of this best lifter scenario that thing got changed. But either way, this is of of men and women. This is likely the most interesting one because there's so many different scenarios here and it just comes down to who will win. And so, I mean, like I predicted Gabby Martinez to beat Sam in large part because of Sam wanting to cut weight and go after a higher dot score and not necessarily, I mean, I assume she wants a big total, but she's prioritizing dot score by losing, cutting weight. I think Gabby could win it. And then from there it's tough because Gabby and Jasmine are super close. I I, probably still have to go Gabby there though. I really trust where Gabby's going. Her training's looking incredible. Um, Jasmine training's looking decent, but um, I, I know she even just posted that she's been really busy with school. I mean, life isn't hectic. I don't know if she's, I mean, I think Gabby is just coming in um, with all the momentum right now. So because of that, I think she's going to probably win the weight class. And if so, that means she would beat Sam and Sam would not be eligible. And then it's Gabby versus Jasmine. Gabby takes it. Yeah. I think very similar to the Natalie and Celine situation. I think the winner is going to be set in that weight class. And I think you're going to get one hell of a performance from Gabby Martinez. So, I I mean, I picked Sam Calhoun to win. But in order for Gabby Martinez to win, she's got to have a really, really stellar performance. And I think that'll put her over Jasmine Penn, if it it got down to that. Um, But I think 
I, I still going with my pick with Sam. And that will help me more. That will help her more on dots as well, just because she is cutting. So I'm I'm gonna go with Sam with my prediction. But yeah, it's it's adds a little fun layer to the actual weight class competition that's gonna happen, which is gonna be epic. And then you also add in the fact that um, I th- they're all they're all within the same prime time session, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, that let, that's they did this. They did these breakouts on purpose. Like perfect. Yeah. Whoever you're competing against for the subdivisions is in your prime time session. So if you wanted to, you can very well be paying attention to that. I will say one thing I did calculate and I ended up not talking or deleting it because it wasn't relevant. I did want to see if somehow Jasmine didn't have a great meet and Claire had an amazing meet. What would Claire hit on my like upper end of dots? And not because like mainly because Claire's coming in light. It wasn't even about like, is Claire or Autumn? It wasn't even about that. It was like, it, it, if somehow this scenario happened where Claire was to get first, what should, could she do? But it based on the total, I thought she would hit and Jasmine would have to be under. It still didn't get her close enough to Gabby to where it was, it, it was going to challenge her. So I, it still made me confident that it's either going to be Sam or Gabby. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I didn't say mine yet. So I'm going to go with Sam just because even though I do believe Gabby has excellent momentum, um, I have to go with the one who's going nine for nine at all her meets. And I chose Sam in the preview show. So I'm going with Sam. But I will say if Gabby takes first over Sam, I think Jasmine's training has been going excellent. I can see Jasmine overall taking it over Gabby. And she's known, Jasmine's more known, in my opinion, for hitting all of her lifts. Yes, we've seen some misses. Also, some of them were controversial. Um, but Gabby, even though she's got great momentum, she did miss two lifts at the Arnold's in her deadlift. I know that her training's been going great. I just need to see her execute. It's very fair. Yep. All right. Heavyweight women. That's the 82 and a half up class. Um we have more winners here in the sense, but this one's actually pretty close because we're, we're going to have multiple weight class winners and they're all pretty darn close. So we were pretty confident. Daniela, Patricia Johnson and Alexis Jones are winning the 90, 100 and 100 plus the bigger, the bigger take was Michelle Robbins and, and Kay Webb for the 82 and a half, like who's winning that weight class. And that's where a little bit more of a debate is. And that's important because likely based off of dots, I don't see Patricia, Patricia Johnson quite being there, even though we talk about Patricia is incredible. Like I'm just using dot score. I don't think she's quite where Alexis, Daniela, Michelle, and Kenya are. Um, and so it really just depends. And then from there, it's a little bit of a toss up because they're all around like five Oh five to five ten. It's really darn close. I think the only benefit is Michelle weighs a little bit less, um, at least from her last meet than uh, Kay did. So if, if Michelle wins, even if they hit the same numbers, uh, Michelle has a little bit higher dot score because of that. But um, I know Solana, she, she's got a little bit uh, higher predictions for Michelle than me. So that changes things a bit. So you can kind of go into what you got. Yeah. This one like makes my head hurt, man. Cause I just, I, it's so hard for me to talk about someone who I don't know well, Michelle, she did her second meet and the first meet was like nine years ago or something, something crazy. So, you know, 
I gave her a predicted 534 deadlift, even though in competition she hit 501 because we saw that really weird. Me and Steve talked about it. That really weird, like 545 for a double. She was using straps. It was like a deadlift bar. I'm like, okay, that was like, it looked kind of iffy. But I'm like, that 501 in competition was so fast. It was so fast. I'm like, I think you can really pull up a lot more on meet day. So I gave her like a 1211 total. That's with the 402 squat. Um, which is just above what she hit in competition, 275 bench matching what she did at her last meet, but then really picking up with that deadlift. That gave her a 515 dots and she weighs the exact same that she just did at her last meet. Um, but the big thing is like, is Michelle coming in with a handler who really knows what they're doing? I don't even know that much, but realistically though, with the 515 dots, you're battling Daniel Amello. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. And that's good, Angela. Well, I mean, this is what I was thinking too. I mean, familiarity is very important to me and I'm not very familiar with Michelle Robbins and you know what she can do and um, seems like a big wild card. Are you comfortable betting against Daniela Mello in a situation like this where I think she had a lot in the tank from her previous meet and she's been in this before. Um, how many uh, two-time national champion, one-time world champion. Like we're, we are talking about still one of the better female powerlifters historically. Um, I know recently we haven't seen her on the platform in a, in a long time at a high level, but you know, it's just what she can do genetic freak and can uh, put together a, 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 I think a total enough where she can pick her last deadlift to win and walk away with that extra money. Yeah. I've got Daniela taking it. Cause with how close it is, and the numbers I projected, I projected her the most conservative because I honestly, she doesn't really have to go all out. Like she can kind of hit some easy thirds and win her weight class. And like, I think we projected her like a 500 deadlift. That's not hard. Like we, we saw her death level of 500 when we were down at Ghost. I, I think she can deadlift significantly more than that if she wants to and needs to. So I think if she needs to pull it out the car, she can. As well as Solana made note, she just hit like a 303 bench that wasn't that hard. Like, her training's going well. Like, I, I think she has a little bit of renewed passion because she's kind of got back into the groove of things. And so I, I expect her to probably outperform what we have predicted. And I think because of experience and, and what she seems to have left in the tank, I think she's probably got to be the favorite here in the heavyweight class. If you want to let last minute take here, it's that. This is a person that I didn't know I would have to announce, but I think I have to announce a person to watch, Daniela Mello. If she puts together this performance, we know what she can do. She can be one of the best female lifters in the world up there in the top three. She can do this. She is more than capable of it, and this might be the meet that we see the reemergence of Daniela Mello, which is a huge storyline going in, um, coming out of nationals and going into nationals. I'm really excited to see just, one, her on the platform. I, I haven't seen it in person in my career, and I think I'm commentating it, so that's going to be pretty fun. Um, but it's, uh, it's something to look out for. And yeah, like you said, Steve training looks really good from Daniela. It looks really, really good. So pick up the momentum again and back in the mix of things. Yeah. All right. So I'm taking Daniela. Angela, are you taking Daniela? I am. Solana. I'm also I'm also taking Daniela. I have to go with the person who I've seen compete and do excellent on massive stages. But I am excited to see whatever Michelle Robbins can do. I just want to see it. It's such a wild card to me. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, moving into champion of champions, I think we're going to be split here because yeah. we're different on who we think is getting those spots because it really 
it's likely coming down to Natalie Richards versus Celine Crum versus Sam Calhoun. So if Sam wins her weight class, I have Sam taking it overall. But the issue is, is I have Gabby winning that weight class. If Gabby wins, it's really, it's likely who wins between Natalie and Celine. Yeah. Yep. Pretty <laughs> yeah. Much. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Cause I, I guess if you go champion to champions with this, I would have to go back to Celine and Natalie who would be my champion of champions. And I have Natalie winning that. So I think if you take that, yeah, I have Natalie winning my champions of champions and that's who I, I mean, that's who I had probably just on the very onset of being best overall female lifter was Natalie Richards going into nationals. Yeah, for me, um, I have Sam Calhoun taking champion champions because I picked Sam to beat six seven, and I've picked Natalie to beat Celine. And with the numbers I've run, I have Sam with like a five sixty four dots, and I have Natalie having a great day and get with about five sixty three. So that's where I'm at. So um, this is that kind of getting a slightly off topic, but something I forgot to mention. Um, one thing we haven't really discussed is uh, there are going to be four pro cards awarded to non-top three women based off of dots. Based on my calculations, most of those are going to come from the 60 to 67 and a half kilo divisions. That's just kind of a random tidbit I'm throwing out, but that's going to be an interesting thing to see outside of these best lifter battles is the top four to six in the 60 to 60, the 60 and 67 and a half kilo divisions, maybe even 50 to an extent too with like a with 56 is pretty darn deep too um that's where we're going to be seeing some people maybe being strategic and pulling something to be able to place into a certain dot score to get solidify one of those four like wild card pro cards yeah hopefully handlers and coaches know that too i mean i didn't know that till now so hopefully they're yeah. not getting <laughs> probably it. not yeah, because so, things are not yeah and things are not being announced oh the, by the way tss combo racks are being used that was the announcement. Oh, yeah. Who knew? <laughs> so on this Monday, when you guys are going to uh, Nationals, uh, just know that you're being, you're going to be using TSS combo racks. So there you go. Hopefully, you, I, don't, I don't know, trained on one of them, even though no one has really access uh, with them unless you're in San Antonio or bought one, which I don't think a whole lot of people it's, have. I, I don't think this is like – yeah, I, I don't think it's going to make a big deal for <laughs> well, people on that. Saying, I think it'll only improve. It's kind of like the rogue bench where most people are only going to improve on the rogue bench. I think in comparison, if you've been training on an ER, you're only going to improve on this TSS bench because it's, if it's you pretty were, good. If you were training on the old TSS rack, you're just going to improve on the new TSS rack, which I think is the most commonly used uh, combo rack in powerlifting in the USAPL side, T TSS and ER. Yeah, well, yeah. quick... Uh, Sorry, I'm getting off topic, but I want to throw this out. Yeah. Because we posted on our story, the benefit of using TSS is not just the rack. Yeah. There's two big other benefits. One, Wes Zunker is arguably one of the most important people in all of United States powerlifting. If you didn't know, he runs a lot of the Texas high school meets. He obviously runs a ton of meets in Texas. He obviously has a gym. He, he coaches the UTSA team. He makes this equipment. Very important that if in the if you're thinking about the battle of USAPL versus PA, that he remains USAPL if USAPL wants to continue to move forward and be successful. Um, I don't think he had any plans to leave, but I am all for awarding him 
the ability to use their racks because he's just he he's arguably the the most important person in powerlifting in the United States and is an amazing person. Second, same reason why I love the Rogue Ohio Power Bar barrier of entry. I love Alico. Alico is the best equipment, mm-hmm. but an Alico bar and Alico rack is probably going over six grand. A Rogue Ohio Power Bar and a TSS rack you can get for maybe twenty five hundred to three thousand. Mm-hmm. The barrier of entry to now use the equipment that are going to be used at national meets is now lower, which means more people can have access to them, which gives a higher potential for growth in the sport. Yeah, excellent two points there. Uh, Wes Zunker also just in like in his importance. If you guys go to Texas meets, he is mentoring young people to become referees and. Uh, you know, p- potential state chairs in the future, members of USAPL who can officiate, who can have some sort of role within the federation. That's incredibly important as well. Um, we are going through a shortage right now of referees and volunteers. Wes Zunker with the UTSA team and who he has a TSS, he is mentoring people, young people, to continue with that role after, you know, some of the other people retire or can't do it anymore, which is really, really important. I don't think, like, that's it's not... Um, not as common as people think, and I think people don't really get to see that. So, excellent two points there. Um, we're all in agreement that Wes Zunker is amazing. We're all in agreement. Um, are we all in agreement that Natalie Richards is going to no, win? I actually want to. I think me and you are Natalie. Uh, Solana went Sam Calhoun. Okay. Well, one thing we I all am saying, though, Natalie is going to win the champ. Go, 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 on, go, go on. I'm fucking. No. Natalie's <laughs> going to win champion of champions, but Sam is going to win the pro series. Off uh, the the fifty points for this pro series meet. That's my hot. That's my take there. Okay, <laughs> that's that's gonna be another interesting thing to explain to people because um, not everyone listens to Two White Lights to even get your explanation. So people are gonna be confused regardless. But we're all unanimously agreeing that Leflar Bros is the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. I I mean we're all affiliates and sponsored athletes. You guys have this shirt? Yet? I'm not. You have an orc code. You're an affiliate. I just have a code. I'm not an affiliate. I just get oh, a code. I, I, don't, I don't get, I don't any think I get anything from get, this. Oh, great. That's actually even better. I actually, if. People... Which I don't, with CB, I don't want anything. If anything comes from this, give it back to Two White Lights. But I just want proof that I'm better than Angelo so people use Orc 15. That's, that's uh, all I want. Oh, I don't okay. need money. I don't need affiliate stuff. I don't need clothing. Well, the... I don't need a discount. I just want people to know I'm better than Angelo. Oh, okay. I thought, oh, yeah. Well, now I'm actually kind of happy because that means you're not really earning anything off this. And that, sure, I, that means people are just saving money. But we're all in agreement. I mean, I got this awesome new Leflar Bros shirt. I don't even know what it's called yet, but it kind of looks like the Chicago flag. And I'm in love with it. Use promo code 2WL15, ORC15, and Solana15 to save yourself some money on the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport that make you look good from head to toe. Dad hats, shirts, tank tops, joggers, shorts, socks. They got it all at Leflar Bros. And also the comp tees are probably my favorite thing of them. I was wearing my comp tee recently. Got a lot of compliments on the new Army looking comp tee. The uh, Cotton Candy Comp Tee was fantastic as well. I think they took that one off, but they're going to continuously come out with new designs because that's what they do at Leflar Bros. They come up with new ideas, new designs, and they continuously give back to the sport as well. They're sponsoring more and more meets. They're sponsoring more athletes, and you love to see that. Use promo code 2WL15, and then close your tab, reopen it, use ORC15, close it, 
reopen it, and use Solana 15. Buy something for each part of your body, head, torso, legs. What's up, Steve? I'm going to throw out another promotion for Orc 15. <laughs> the next, the first person to use Orc 15 and hashtag Steve is better than Angelo and post it on their story, I'll give you a free technique review for one of your lists. DM me. I, I was going to say, at what point is CB going to be like, you can't just keep doing these promos without my clear but he he there's no way he could say no to that that's a well no that's that's, that's me giving something yeah, that's a great deal like he's doing nothing in the long, yeah, yeah do so it. first person to do that gets one of their lifts it's a free form critique um and if you use promo code 2w15 and use hashtag angelo is better than steve i'll probably just like your story post with a blue heart so that's my pasta, at least give them a pasta emoji. I'll give you a pasta. Be emoji. special. I can't. I don't there we we'll go. Give them a shout out on the actual episode. Next one. Uh, may, yeah. If you use Solana 15. Yeah. What's Solana 15 get? What's the hashtag? Solana is better than both uh, these bitches. Sol yep. Solana <laughs> is better than two by lights, period. And uh, <laughs> yeah, two, two soul. You'll give them two soul. The, the, the crypto. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm like looking like <laughs> yeah, what are you talking I'm about? like I don't yeah. know. What the you'll you'll, you'll award them two soul. It's worth like it's not worth very much right now. It's like forty okay. bucks a, a coin. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to be good. <laughs> that would that would work. All right. Now on to the. By the way, Leffler gets the longest ad reads. Um. Now <laughs> on to our men's uh, best overall lifters. So starting with the lightweight. Um. Uh, well, weight classes though. This one's kind of easy. Seventy-five. Yeah, I was gonna. Fifty-two say. and a half to seventy-five. This one's kind of. Wait, hold on. I, I don't. Who? Actually, I, and I apologize because his name escapes me. The Japanese lifter is he eligible for this? this even though he was not going to challenge Dan Clements, but is he eligible? No, because you this? have to win your weight class. Oh, okay, so, but does he get points though? Pro, pro no, he's just points? a guest lifter. No, because okay. there's they've never made a way for uh, international lifters to win a pro car. That okay. still has yet to be addressed. So it's as stupid as I thought. Um, all right, never mind. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, so what, what what are the weight classes? 52, 70, 52, 52 to, 50, or 57 70, to 75 to 75. Okay. 52 to 75. So I, I, do I have that right? I, I thought mean, it was 67. No, 75. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean this one's Dan Clements. Yeah. Now the some of the 75 lifters, I mean, it there's a whole toss-up for who wins 75. Charles, Eric, Anas, Joe, uh, Jacob. I'm missing people. I'm sorry. There's even more Dion. There's a whole bunch. Even if whoever wins 75, Dan Clements would have to have kind of a bad meet. I, I just don't. I mean, Dan, Dan is actually looking more at the champion of champions than this. He, he's going to run away with it. I mean, Dan's going to take this one. Yeah. So the, the yeah. best chance to, to compete against him is Charles because Charles typically weighs in light as a 75. So if Charles was to win 75, he'd be the closest, but I still, even with that got Charles 24 dots points away from Dan, as well as the fact that like, it's likely some 75s are going to miss lifts more than Dan would because Dan's not going to really have much pressure. He's just going to kind of have get to take what he wants to. Yeah. And he could, yeah, he could really go all for it. Even on a bad meet, I don't see any 75 kill lifter taking it from him. Um, I wish yep. I could spin With it. That said, I wish I could spin it, but oh, well, 
What are you going to say? Yeah. Sammy? With that said though, just like I said, for the women, there's two, two pro cards based off a of dot scores for men. That's likely going to be a very contested battle between fourth place in 75 and fourth place at 82 and a half. That's likely the weight class is going to come. The two weight classes going to come from. All right. That'll be interesting to see. All right, Solana, any pushback there? Dan Clements. I wish I had some pushback. Nah, I literally have him winning by like 25 dots points. And if it's a bad me, he still wins. Yeah. He would have to like just really fail and remember, bomb out. Remember if the Virginia pro was based off dot points, he would have got third. So yeah. that's uh, Dan Clements is up there with some of the best overall lifters in the world. All right. Now to the middleweights. So that's 75 kilos to 90, right? No. no, this is 82. Oh, my bad, my bad. 82, 82 and a half to 90. 90. So two classes. Your okay. weight class. Yeah, my weight class. Um, yeah. So this one's interesting. I actually think it can be interesting. Oh, it can. 100%. I think, I think Petrie is the front runner. Um, but I'm going to say it again. Petrie, you get to use this. You get to use this to your advantage. Your good luck charm. Two white lights. Petrie has a lot of variables right now. He put his best dots at um, a weight over 93 kilos. He was supposed to compete at 100, dropping down to 90, three kilos less than 93. A lot of variables which could lead to an erratic performance. He has the highest ceiling, I think, from all the middleweight lifters. Going 82.5 to 90, Petrie has the highest ceiling where he can challenge Ruska, Bob, and Dan Clemens, who are my favorites. But if he has an erratic meet... Then that's where you can get in, I think, an 82-and-a-half-kilo lifter like Russ, like Nori, like Gruden um, to get into that position, potentially to go into a 550 dots range or 560 dots Not range. Not Angelo, though. No. I was like, did you forget somebody? No, no. I, I didn't forget <laughs> Not myself. Angelo. I'm not I, – I don't even want to fucking think about best overall lifter. I just want to think about my goddamn weight class. That's well, all. One of the things is I don't think vision. anyone's going to think – about this really i don't i actually i don't think other, other than maybe a select few people are going to care think, because i think everyone's petrie, in too much of a battle i think petrie's going to be thinking about it i don't think russ sean or anyone in the 82 and yeah. a half are yeah because petrie can think about it because he doesn't have competition but like russ and sean or like even natalie and celine they can't think about dot scores even sam versus gabby can't fully think about it like well, because it's too close when petrie says so, his, his goal is 2k at 90 then yeah he's probably thinking about winning best overall lifter here right well, <laughs> like this is i told you know, I'm going to, I'm going to correct my prediction on Petrie because I told him I was going to do this. I am projecting Petrie at a 2,400 total because I am not <laughs> allowing him anymore to say we're like underrating him or under like, yeah, he's going a 2,400 total. Okay. I'm predicting it right now. So like the it. worst that can happen is he does is he doesn't achieve that. All right. So, yeah. with that being said, but like you said, like Sean, Russ, and Brandon are all pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. So, it, it comes back to who you think is going to win, Sean or Russ, and then it's heading off to Brandon. I mean, I, I, I'm probably going to give Brandon the edge here because, one, I do think he has the edge. He would need to miss, likely, for Sean and, if, for Sean and Russ to be there. But, like you said, Brandon can actually think about this. Um, and is going to pull after Sean and Russ because he's going to have the bigger pull. He's, he pulls close to 800. Where Sean and Russ, I mean, frankly, I coach Sean. I don't give a crap about dot scores in that battle. I won't look at that a single bit. I am going to strictly be looking at Russ, and I am sure Joey and 
us are going to be strictly looking at Sean and or anyone else that might be in contention. So um, because of that, I've got Petrie because he could, if he wants to, he can simply focus on that and put something on the bar specifically to beat either Sean or Russ on dots. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. that like Brandon, that's pretty much all he has to gun for the highest total you can get and hitting that dots. And then Sean Nori, we both know it's a huge battle and we hopefully if it's the battle that we're looking for. How can you possibly focus on both? I, I, I still think yeah, Petrie's really got to, I, I mean, I think the goal should still be that's wrap up to 90 kilo weight class. And then you, you kind of gun your, like try to win your 90 kilo weight class on your second attempts. And then, then you try to distance it with your third attempts there as far as best overall lifters go. Um, because I yeah, think that could be, a, I'm sorry, sorry, Petrie, dangerous game that you're playing sometimes. Like that's, it, it's, it's not, I mean, he looks fantastic. His cut is going well, but it's something that kind of just raises some eyebrows. Like of all the lifters, if I'm going to go with the, let's talk about the best overall lifters right now. Dan Clements gets spotted a kilo, so he's good. Um, Bob and Ruska are cyborgs. So, and they're eating into their weight class. Ashley could really pick and choose what weight class he decides to compete in. Brandon's the only one who's taking a bigger cut. So that is, he has the most variables to deal with as far as the champions and champions and like who has to win their own, um, their own weight range. With that said though, he's got some wiggle room. I mean, at a 2,400 total, he's got a 704 dots, which likely (laughs) beats Sean and Russ by about 120. So I think he could, he could probably miss all his second attempts and just go openers and total about 150 kilos less. And he probably still takes it at like a 2,100 total. So I, I'm going to have, I think you solidly got it. All right. Well, I can't wait to make a graphic okay, well, off that quote graphic, Steve, <laughs> I possibly predict, or I uh, possibly Brandon goes 2,400. That's going to be the quote graphic on two white lights. And we're going to keep it up. What's up, Solana. I love it. Huh? I was going to say, like, I just hope Brandon, is just focus on hitting whatever lifts he can get on the day and distancing himself after he hits the seconds. Because if he's going in with like, I have to hit 2000, I think that sets him up to start missing. So he needs to be smart. Um, He's got a great coach. He got Marcellus. As long as he is, as long as Marcellus is not emotionally attached to the numbers that Brandon wants, they should be fine. But if Brandon starts to just go off of, I really want this number. Like I think Russ has it. Cause I picked Russ to win over Sean. So I think you give it to Russ. Yeah. And also, exactly. I think what we are we are talking about eighty two and a half kilos, and I actually think it'll be a less total that's going to be needed to win eighty two and a half. I because I I actually based on predictions think that it's going to be in the eight thirty to eight forty range that's going to win eighty eighty two and a half. Where I know Steve, I think you're prepping for an eight forty to eight fifty range because that's what you want to do as a coach. But I actually can see it, you know being a little bit deflated um, when the day rolls around, and that is going to hurt people's dots. It just, it just will. So, um, yeah. Well, as well as like either, or neither Sean nor Russ is going to take something that is out of the realm. They're going to make, I mean, if everything goes well, it's going to be a close battle and neither will take more than they need to, to risk anything. I, I, I know for a fact that Nori is, does not care about dots. I'm going to put a safe sum of money that Russ doesn't care about dots. And then Gruden just wants it totals. 
I just want to beat whoever's in front of me. So none yeah. of us. I mean, based uh, off of really thinking based about off it. of Russ's uh, YouTube video choice when he works out, yeah, I don't think he cares about bats. <laughs> nope, nope. Want to get into that? I mean, oh, actually, I could talk. I mean, right now about it. Uh, yeah, with, throw it uh, out there. Well, no, you've I been mean, there when it happens. Well, I mean, I so actually, I've been corrupted recently. He actually listened to the Two White Lights episode, and it was funny because he comes up to me. He's like, "Oh, you got a, you got a lot of courage coming into the uh, or coming into enemy territories after that prediction." I was like, yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm just here today to get worked on for my friend Andrew. And he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to give you the cold shoulder. But, you know, uh, after competition will be cool. But he really only talked about my prediction. And I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck if I'm right or wrong. I just want a podium. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm like, I'm like, cause he's like, I got something special for you. If, if uh, you know, uh, when, when we hit the podium and then I'm applying that he's going to win. And of course he's going to think he's going to win, but I'm like, dude, I don't care about my prediction. As long as I'm on that fucking thing, holding an actual good medal, not for fifth place medal, a third, second or first place medal. I could be wrong all fucking day. I don't give a, I don't give a fuck about the predictions, but um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's an incredible atmosphere though, training at corrupted because it's incredibly competitive and during training sessions, I ran in, I walked in there on a Saturday doing a deadlift bench session. And when I got in there, uh, two things were playing, two TVs, the last dance documentary, best documentary of all time, and a Sean Noriega YouTube video. Just both playing at once. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's pretty sweet. But then I went to go take a piss. I came back and my video was up there as well. So I was like, Okay, does Russ take me seriously as a contender? If so, I am very happy about this. Um, of course, it was Virginia Pro when my bench was happening, so I was like, let's just turn this shit off. Like, we don't have to see this. We don't have to watch any more of this. I don't know what's going on, but uh, yeah. And yeah, if you think these guys don't care about it, you think these guys aren't competitive anymore, that they don't care, they both care. They both care a lot. And powerlifting cares as well. The most interact or the highest interactions we have ever received on two white lights was a Sean Russ story post. They are one and two in our history. They hold the two highest interactions. That is going to be a fucking battle. And they aren't thinking about Petrie. They aren't thinking about Ruska. They aren't thinking about Bob. They're thinking about each other. Yep. If you go to Russ's latest YouTube video, you can see in the background, the TV's playing YouTube, certain YouTube videos, but confirmation on the heavyweights. And this one, is, this one is going to be the Battle of Titans. The battle. Oh, well, wait. I don't even think we did our predictions. Did we all pick Petrie? Oh. Oh, we did not. Uh, yeah, I'm going to okay. pick Petrie. Petrie. Oh, I'm going to pick Russ. All right. Good thing we circled back there. <laughs> that would have been that would have been bad. All right. The Battle of Titans. I got so excited to talk about uh, Bob and Ruska. Yeah. That's really it. I mean, we've got we've got the the 125s, the 140s, and 140+, plus, and we already talked about the 140s is going to be an awesome battle, but it doesn't really matter in this sense. It's Bob versus Ashton, and yep. likely whoever wins between Bob versus Ashton wins overall. Like, I mean, yep. it, the, the thing here is, is I, I actually didn't realize this until I did the scores. Ashton is definitely the favorite. Um, in whatever way Dot's calculates it definitely i mean ashton does weigh light though he's only gonna weigh like maybe 
he may be 10 pounds heavier than Bob, even though he's a weight class up. So I guess that is a pretty big thing to note. I mean, I've got Ashton at 12, 21, 79 total. I know that's right around what he's wanting to. He's wanting between 2150 to 2200. I've got Bob right over 2100. And with that, Ashton's 10 kilos or 10 dots points ahead, which means Ashton could miss a lift likely, like go 2150, and he still would beat my projected uh, dot score for Bob right now which is semi a shame because like I said, like whoever wins between this is probably winning the whole thing. It's they're, they're the two best. It's just comes down between them. And for me, Ashton definitely has the advantage. And we've seen recently Ashton hits lifts. That was, that was a question mark earlier in his career. He had some depth issues. There were some other attempt selection stuff, but more recently Ashton doesn't miss usually barring that they try and just do something like the Virginia pro and YOLO a deadlift. I don't think a YOLO deadlift is coming here because there's, they're, they're wanting to make sure to, to, to hit a certain total and a certain dot. So I've got Ashton taking this. Yeah, I can really agree with you, Steve. Like looking at numbers, I was like, okay, how can Bob win? And I was like, not only does Ashton have to like just hit 2150, which is like, I think going to be on the lower for him. But if he is 2150, Bob then needs to surpass 2106, which is surpassing all the best lifts he's done in the gym. But just surpassing it by like, if he just goes two and a half more kilos on a squat and two and a half more in a deadlift of his best ever in the gym, that's how he'd be able to beat it. So that's saying a lot. So I definitely have to give it to Ashton. Um, but Bob has to be perfect and Ashton has to miss a couple of lifts for Bob to pull it out. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat. And I mean, I'm actually going back in my phone right now. Uh, bad radio. Um, going to try to not have too much uh, dead space here. I'm looking for the poll that people had. I just remember the poll that when we posted the, uh, the craftsmanship, the amount of lifters competing under craftsmanship, I think people right now are putting Bob as a favorite. I think the consensus is starting to sway towards Bob. And I understand why I agree with it, but I just think it's a little bit too much too soon. I think the potential for Bob to beat Ashton is going to come at if this grand finale really happens at the Arnold. I think then you will see a polished Bob and that could be scary because the way he's moving in the sport right now is unbelievable. Um, if he, and from the USAPL shout out to Marshall, if you saw that little trend line, shout out to the trend line, we saw one and we went nuts on two white lights. If you saw that, you could see the, um, success Bob has been having recently. It, it wasn't even close between them. Now they're neck and neck. That's how good Bob has been. And I, I, I see from his training, they can continue to get there. But right now it's just, I think you're going to have to give Ashton Roska one or two more meets before he's dethroned as a best overall lifter. Hard to say though, because every single time I just watch a video of Bob, I'm just like, I think he's the best lifter in the world. I also want to give, I also want to point out something. 2019 Raw Nationals, me and Garrett Fear were talking in a corner, and he was saying that Bob is going to be the next Russ Orhe. And I was like, that's a pretty bold take. Garrett probably with the best take of 2019 that no one heard. He saw something yeah. in Bob that was like, he's going to be the next big thing in the USAPL. And not only is he. You know, I think it's a fair assessment to say he's the next Russ Orhe. He's potentially the 
next best lifter in the world. Yeah. And I can, it, it, the one thing that as I was doing this, it put into context is I think people forget the fact that Ashton is not a real 110. Nope. Um, if he was, Bob might beat him. But the fact that Ashton likely could water cut to 100 and then go compete against Bob and still currently out total him is the point that Ashton still is the best lifter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I said it last year. I said by the end of this year, I think Bob will be the best. I think he's on the trajectory to do that. I just don't think it's quite yet. Um, but I think by the end of the year, and like you said, the grand finale, I think that might be a different scenario where Bob might be totaling close to where Ashton is yet. He's going to weigh less. So, um, yeah, so I've got Ashton. I think Ashton's still the King for now. Um, he's a magic, the gathering fellow, uh, player. So I can't vote against that. No, you can't. So also, also, this is an omen right here. I actually found the poll results. So Ash was predicted as the favorite, uh, Petrie had a, well, I guess we'll be talking about this soon. Uh, very low, um, on the votes here, but Ash had 69 votes. So nice. Yeah. Nice. He's going to win. <laughs> it's an omen. Yep. I got All whole- right. Is anyone going against Ashton here and going with Bob? Nah. I'm going I, was, Ashton I am surprised I though. I, more time. Yeah. I, I, I am surprised though. I thought Steve was definitely going to pick Bob, but, uh, we have Ashton. All right. So champion, the no, champions analytics don't lie. Yeah, champion of champions should be easy, too, because if we all picked Ashton, Ashton can likely miss two lifts and still win champion of champions. So what happens if Petrie totals 2K? Does he still beat him? No, no. I mean, if Petrie totals 2K, that's like a 580, low 580s, and Ashton's 598 Okay. at 21.97. Like, Ashton's got a pretty big lead here. He would have to miss a couple lifts to open the door. Like he would need to miss like a third deadlift and a third bench to open the door for either Sean, Russ or Petrie or whoever we may be talking about about or Dan Clements, Dan Clements. Petrie Petrie would have a 587.21 DOS if he perfectly hit 2000. Yeah. So that's, I mean, again, that's Ashton would total. I think Ashton still hits that at like a 2140 or 2135 total so yeah i mean it's gonna be hard to go to it's it's i don't think i can vote against ashton there no i don't think i can it's, it's gonna I, be hard to do yeah i mean if we if we just made those predictions now of like who's gonna win between bob and ashton and ashton is being the winner i don't think we can fairly uh say that petrie or dan is going to uh get in there but i think dan is i i i think more of a contender in this one people are letting on i think that's kind of the light the quiet lighter right guy because you know those those 67 and a halves they're not quite as actually they're not even close i don't know what happens here so 67 and a halves are smaller right you would assume they would have the little man complexes but they don't the 75 kilo lifters do and they make the most fucking noise Dan is a very quiet guy, and I think he flies under the radar because he's in a weight class that has just a lot of quiet guys, and they don't make a whole lot of noise for themselves. But if he was a 75 kilo lifter, I think more people would like recognize how good Dan is because Dan is unbelievable. Um, in yeah, I, I mean it's the entire world fact of is for, powerlifting. Yeah, no matter how good Joe Jordan is at IPF Worlds, if Dan was 
there, we would probably all be picking Dan to win pretty handily. Yeah. I mean, Dan's Dan's on another level. Mm-hmm. Like Dan Dan's looking at like we talked about. Dan might get close to out totaling whoever wins seventy fives. That would be huge. That would be really kind of big. pulling a Taylor Atwood almost. Yeah, that would be so. That would be massive. But with that being said. Yeah, I mean, I've got Ashton. I don't, I don't, if I'm, I don't, it it would be tough to beat him on this. All right. I also give it to Ashton, but it is cool to see that we have Dan, Russ, and Brandon all at about a 580 point something dots. Like they are very strong. Yeah. Not strong enough for this quite yet, but to have been champion champions, but very strong. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can see them all hit 580 dots, and I actually think they can hit 580 dots if they took some obsidian ammonia smelling salts. Ladies and gentlemen, go to HypeDose.com and get some obsidian ammonia smelling salts, the best smelling salts in the sport. They're about to send me some smelling salts, and I am very excited. Um, use Wait, about me? Um, Do I get any? Maybe. Oh, yeah, actually, I think, yeah, we're good. Yeah, you do, actually. I mean, they I sent better, me the DM because I, I control the two white lights page. But yeah, you 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 would you would get some in this. Uh... Well, because I. Yeah. All right. What did you All do? Because right. you 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 got you got the big massonomics pass package and like not a sponsor uh, again. Not my, a sponsor. I know, but you got the package and. Well, they um, wanted I me didn't. on their show, not you, because hashtag Angel is better than Steve. But you're not like it's actually like an well, actual proven fact. Well, I actually have analytics showing this. Do you want me to pull out the spreadsheet? Me and Pete Spence worked on an actual formula that proved I'm better than you. Okay, I can't wait to. I can't wait for you to send me it and for me not to read it. So use promo code well, because you can't read. You can't even <laughs> spell orc last episode. <laughs> Touche. Use promo code 2WL15. I highly recommend that you get the new uh, nose bleach lineup for that purchase. Get some in that nose bleach um, lineup. You can get some for yourself, competition, one for your gym. It's always good to share the smelling salts. You know, you're just sniffing it. You're not touching it. You're not doing a whole lot with it. But everyone gets amped. Everyone gets amped at the gym. So make sure you're using that promo code 2WL15, hypedus.com. Also, you're going to see them at powerlifting meets. You're going to see them at the big meets. You're going to see them at the Arnold. You're going to see them a lot of places. They're a fantastic company who sponsors meets. They also have merchandise there as well. You want to know another benefit? I used this the other day, and it was a great solution. Um, as a man who has a significant other, sometimes we, we, we let out some type of uh, extraneous gases that smell a little bit, and the wife likes to like yeah. light a candle. Women don't do Open it. up. Women don't ever do Open it. up. What? Put a candle on or no, fart? Fart. Women don't fart. Well, I'm saying as 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 me and Angelo do fart. I don't. Women like candles. <laughs> never, well, my wife lights a candle. If it has. smells too bad. Never I has. instead now open up a thing of ammonia, and she no longer smells anything and no longer complains. Uh, true story. I what? used to take smelling salts. <laughs> I yeah, I'm sorry to gloss over that, but I used to take smelling salts <laughs> to test if I had COVID. Because like you can smell it, yeah, right. You can still smell them, yeah. Wouldn't you not be able to smell smelling salts if you had COVID? Turns out I didn't, because I smelled the smelling salts. But I didn't even know if that was foolproof logic, if that would work. I just did it. So I'm that like, that should ah. be a new standard in testing in medical in the medical field. 
Yeah, they're like, okay, yeah, as, as Solana is just here, just weird out by the don't, fact that we're just going off on random things. Yeah, don't tell them either. If you're doing a test for COVID, do not tell them that you're about to take a smelling salt thing. Just be like, okay, can you smell this really quick? I was like, okay, boom, your head went back and you're not crying. Uh, you do not have COVID. See you later. Problem solved. And moving on to IPF? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Hey, no one's skipping out. No one's going to skip our ad reads anymore. We're making nope. fun now. Nope. Yeah. I don't think you could possibly do that. All right. IPF. So IPF, very simple, very simple structure. We already talked about it a little bit. I mean, I think the we had to start with females. The biggest battle, I think, with best overall li uh, female lifter is ain't going to be in the female side. I think men's is more competitive in the sense that there's more people who can get it, but the actual clash of Titans is Amanda Lawrence and Leah Bavoil, USA versus France. Where do you see this going, Solana? Between these two. <laughs> All right. So the big thing to know about Amanda is she has the convenience of going after Leah. Yeah. Right. So you get to see exactly what she puts up and then just aim to beat that. Amanda doesn't have anyone in her weight class who's going to even come close to her. So that's all her prerogatives are going to be on. So just like last year when Amanda put what she needed to be Leah, I really see Amanda taking it over just Leah. I think she'll pull whatever she needs to secure that best lift. Um, but Leah Baba, like she's an incredible lifter and she's just Amy, I have her at like a 121.59 dots because I have her at 463 dead, a 248 bench, and a 512 deadlift. Numbers that I think she can 100% hit at this meet if she has that perfect day. And she's known for going 8 for 9, 9 for 9. She almost went 9 for 9 that last meet. She dropped that deadlift after she locked it out. So I know that she can come back and hit that on meet day. Um, so I have, but I do have Amanda because of that big convenience factor of going after Leah. Yeah, I think that helped her also, last year a lot. looking at Tiffany Chappone, looking at her too. Her Very good point. Pretty... Could yeah. sneak in there. Tiffany, Tiffany, well, Tiffany or Heather are like that, are slightly behind. But they're the, the issue with them is that they literally go first. Leah and Amanda are going to know what and, to do. And also Plus, if, if Leah and Amanda have a bat off meets, they could be there. Yeah, and also Heather and uh, Tiffany Chappone are in a weight class battle. So they're going to be dictating them. They're going to be dictating attempts based on what the other totals. And you can't really think that far into Amanda Lawrence land because I think you're just setting yourself up for failure. Uh, Sheffield is a meet where you could possibly do that, but um, I don't think IPF Worlds. IPF Worlds is really not the meet to do that at. Um, yeah, I was going to say with Amanda Lawrence going last last year, I think that actually helped her a whole lot over Leah. But, you know, I, I'm going to say it. I think Leah is consistently being regarded as the best female lifter in the world. Um, if you do the King of the List power rankings, uh, one thing they actually did research for, they have Leah like consistently ahead on those power rankings. And I'm like, she hasn't beat Amanda Lawrence. They, we had actual evidence Last year, IPF Worlds, Amanda Lawrence is the best overall lifter. I don't know if this is an American bias over here, but I think in order to be the queen, you got to beat the queen, and Leah has not done that with Amanda Lawrence. And I honestly think, based on looking at their next or their their training, it's going to be incredibly close. Not a whole lot separates them. I'm still going to roll with Amanda. I just have to see something. Yeah, else. I've got. I got to. I got to see something else from Leah for that. Not to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is with how close they are, I, I think we can see the same thing we saw last year. So Amanda knows what she has to do. And Amanda's deadlift's going really, really well right now. I, she's got something big there. And then second, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference, but Leah hasn't had to travel. I don't think ever really for a meet. Do you? Let me... And she's going to have, I don't think it's going to affect her too much. But the fact of the matter is, is like, if, if Amanda beat Leah when Amanda had to travel and Leah didn't, and I don't really see that much of a difference in their training since then, if I'm factoring in both have to travel now and Amanda really probably had the worst meet last year. I mean, her world wasn't a great meet and she still beat Leah. Like man, Amanda's world wasn't great. So she just has a little bit better meet. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I think, I think Amanda definitely has to be the front runner here and to call Leah Leah's incredible, but to be crowning her when she has yet to beat Amanda is, is incorrect. Do you think potentially 69 kilo weight class is going to be her weight class? Potential. Leah? Yeah. Potential hot take question. Like within the next year or so. How many more times do you to take that cut? I don't, don't I mean, I'm going to say it. it from looking at the French lifters. They very obviously try and stick in certain weight classes. But why? Like, um, do you, like for her, who's someone who's dominating 63 and possibly could dominate 69. Just why cut? Why do I'd it? like to it see sucks. it. I'd be happy to see it. But like, we can all agree cutting sucks. So just yeah. don't do it anymore and win you the 69 kilo weight class. You're going to get a hit. I mean, I I don't know if we keep on saying dots, the lift score uh for the IPF. If if you're going off, I mean, you're going to lose some on good lift score, but still you, at least you don't have to suffer through it and potentially you could find well, something else there in your training. It's not so, it's nitpicking. Well, as well as to be the best though. At what? At, like overall winner, for but does that, but does that so completely think, like, take her out of the equation if she goes sixty nine kilos and weighs at like sixty seven and a half or something? Does that completely remove her from beating Amanda Lawrence? Depends how much stronger she gets with it. <laughs> I think it, I think it probably does because I think that would change her dots. But I, I'm going to revert back to Ashton. What would you have rather seen, Ashton say at the same weight class and dominate it and have like a good dot score? or Ashton continually go up weight classes and keep beating everyone at weight classes and make it harder on himself. If Leah went up to 69, she isn't a shoe in. Marte is right there. I mean, I would love to see Leah go up and challenge herself. I mean, personally, it would be a lot more interesting to see Leah versus Marte versus having Leah just in her own little class and she's not competing. Now, the thing is, though, we do have Sheffield, so that does change things. But at the same time, Sheffield is not, from what I know, is not going off a good lift score. Um, I don't know how it's working yet, but there's some, there's something being made up to try and like make it. I, I, I don't know. Are we going to get another formula? What? Are we going to get a new formula? Cause powerlifting needs another one. We need another thing to go so. off of because that's what we were lacking. Lifting formulas to calculate best overall winner. Cause there's only 97 of them. Let's make 98. Let's go for so it. So I could see her staying there for Sheffield, but I also want to see what this this weight class formula is that's going to be used. I don't I don't know. I mean, I, again, as a fan, I would like to see her go up and actually what? have like a competition. What? Now, the fact is, if we had Corolla coming in, we'd have competition. Read but she in my just mind, keeps not competing. Yeah, read my mind, Steve. Yeah, so I guess like with that would be like okay, like that's someone you can actually build a storyline around and actually compete against is Corolla, but you know, we haven't seen her in a very long time. Um, so 
that's going to always be that's going to be a mystery until it actually happens, which I still think it it, it will um, at some point. Or hell, maybe Kodoro goes up sixty nine kilos, and that'll be great if Leon joins her there, right? Then it'll be a incredible. Then sixty nine kilos becomes the weight class in power in almost all of powerlifting. Because if you look at the if you look at sixty seven and a half in um, USAPL, it's great. But I guess we're going on a tangent. Do we all have Amanda, or is there a um, yeah? All right. We're all Amanda. Okay. And I think Amanda. for the men, I don't think we're going to have too much disagreement either. The only disagreement could be if Taylor Atwood. Do we think Taylor's? Yeah. If, is he, if he's healthy enough. I think Taylor Atwood at eighty percent. I think we can win this still. I agree, but I think we, I, I'm just I'm stating that I think it's confirmed that he is dealing with something because oh, he yeah. just posted like a six hundred something deadlift and said like that he admitted like deadlifts are not going well and that was finally well. felt good. So he's definitely not feeling good. But I fully expect him to load whatever he needs to likely win best lifter. And looking at dot scores, I don't think he only needs like probably like 116 plus. And that doesn't even require that dominant of a Taylor Atwood performance. Would, would, so his, you remember that time where he totaled 790 and it was incredible and everyone was like, how the hell is someone totaling 790 at 74 kilos? What was his good lift score at that meet? Let's look it up. Let's uh let's get the stats team on it. Because it would have to like it's, right if he totaled seven one sixteen point one sixteen point two six is seven ninety and that would win. I have Jonathan Keiko at one sixteen point two five and Chance Mitchell at one sixteen point one seven. Only difference there is the the, the body weight difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Taylor literally could total I mean, if total let's say eight hundred. I think eight hundred probably is very doable. If he totals 800, like he's going like 118 something, and it's it's going to be kind of walking away with it. So I don't I don't know if that's really too much of a battle here. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I went to all the numbers too. If, it, if it's not Taylor, if somehow something happens, it's going to come from the 93s. Then that's yeah. the only that's the only other thing. It I'll, would come from the 90. Whoever wins 93s would take it. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I guess that would be uh, me and Solana's pick would be Keiko, correct? Because you pick Chance to win. Um, yeah, yeah. It'd be something to look at, you know what? And if, if we're going to go, if we are going to say like certain weight classes, don't look at best overall lifters, like 82 and a half kilos. I think, I don't, I don't think a whole lot of people are looking at best overall lifter at IPF world aside from the huge, huge outliers, which is Amanda Lawrence, Leah Bavois. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I don't know if Taylor Atwood's even looking at it. Cause it was always such like. He's gonna win best overall. Uh, I th- I think he is looking. I think he will look at it. Well, how's that's he the only thing for him to go it? for. Is and how's he gonna Sheffield. look at it? Well, he probably knows what he needs. Yeah. Jason Jason Trombley is a big analytics guy, so I'm sure Jason knows what he's likely gonna need dot score wise I, I, or good left score wise. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm all right. Sure. Um, I it's I'm just saying like it's hard to look at like oh I'm gonna win best overall lifter with this total just because he's 74. Like it's you have a lot happening after that, and really the only one you have to worry about is ninety three, and they're gonna be yep. they're gonna be killing each other in ninety threes. They're gonna be ripping each other apart. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I and an interesting caveat here: if this was dots, Jesus would be second by a large margin and could very well beat Taylor if Taylor had a bad meet. And if Jesus was doing raw nats, he would be top five in dots for sure. Yeah, well, I, I say regardless of what Taylor Atwood does, if uh, Jesus ends up just absolute bearing Ray's record, that is the performance of IPF Worlds. Taylor Atwood. The performance like, of the year. 
not yeah, IPF yeah, world. So well, we, we said if yeah, anyone, guess, if he yeah. beats Ray's record, it's the greatest performance in powerlifting. Yeah. It's better than Taylor Atwood's 838. Well, but if Taylor Atwood totals 860, then that would be the only other way. I would say that, that Jesus's uh, total won't be the most impressive thing I've ever seen. But then to- then Jesus goes 2,500 plus, and I say he's the best again. Okay. I, hey, fuck it. Let's, let's have that happen. Let's just have a Jesus versus Taylor so. Atwood off. Um, at IPF Worlds, that'd be fun. That'll be really, really fun. Yeah, I don't think anyone would uh, would. And, you're, you're, and that's that's great. That is the great thing about Sheffield is you will be able to see them compete kind of head to head. Even though I, I don't know the whole entire rules of Sheffield, but I know they're giving out like things for just overall like records and stuff, which I'm not a big fan of uh, for certain single lift records because the people who are setting the single lift records don't get to actually try to break their own single lift records, but. I know that people are getting rewarded just based on the records they're going to break. So Sheffield's going to be awesome. IPF world is going to be a really good pre uh, preview to that, but I know everyone is yeah. very focused on becoming an IPF world champion. Speaking IPF worlds, stoic is IPF approved. Chance Mitchell is going to worlds and it's very, very nice to see a team USA lifter going to be sporting some stoic gear on that platform. And Worldwide, it is affordable. It can be even more affordable if you use promo code ANGELO10. Best bang for your buck. Powerlifting gear in the sport. Singlets, singlets, wrist wraps, knee sleeves. They got it all. Belts as well. Use promo code ANGELO10. Save some money. Go to lift.net and make sure you're using that promo code. I'm also wearing their socks right now. I think they're going to drop some more socks. They're comfy. They feel good. There's three types of socks as well. One for deadlift, one for squat, and one for bench. Did they specify? No, but I just did. Go to lift.net and get yourself some stoic gear. All right. So, last-minute storylines, last-minute takes. Have you guys seen anything that really stuck out to you since the last time we did a preview show, Um, primarily from the USAPL side? Uh, Because we have a pretty good idea from IPF because that was our most recent preview episode, but we knew some big lifts were going to be hit in like this time span that we've had. So anything in particular stick out to you guys? If I'm just going to run through it real quick. Uh, I'm not going to say all of it because some of the stuff I, I, I don't think I can say, but 75 kilo men, I think I have a bit more, it's still a big wild card, but I have a bit more clarity oh, on some certain It got situations. more confusing. It, it got more confusing. Charles Apoco's in Barcelona. Apoco. Yeah. Charles is partying in Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of weird things happening. I heard some other things too. Um, yeah, that's going to be a crazy weight class. The Hawaiian hurricanes uh, on a fucking... Obviously, since we did the, he's since on we did the episode... He's on. He's on. He's on. A, he's on a warp. Uh, Hawaiian hurricane. I guess it's hurricane season because he keeps on putting that in his captions. And also, he's kind of turning himself into the pug, the goat of 2019. Really, like, oh, this is me holding 600 pounds. Like, yeah, 600 pounds wasn't the issue. Was we watching? I mean, we said he kilos. could possibly win. If he does, I'm not going to say I'm wrong and we projected wrong. We said it's possible. It's just yeah. everyone has wild card things. But I mean, he better win now based off of all the, yeah. the stuff he's saying. I, I'm going to bring it up on the pre- recap episode. If he doesn't do well, I am going to be the first person I mentioned because they, you know, seen some comments they don't even know. Like, we talked about you at Great Lane saying that you could win. So we, we do know. We do know. We didn't add you in the group, which, again, we, we called it best take of the year. 
If any weight class is going to be upset not being added into a graphic, it is going to be the 75 kilos and nail on the head. If you were not in that graphic, someone was offended, and I think uh, the Hawaiian hurricane was. Yep. Keep going up, 82 and a half. I mean, the, the, I mean since that, we saw Russ seemingly back yep. at better strength. So that does make it more interesting. I very much still believe that is very much a battle. I do not think there is a clear winner there and it's whoever executes. Cause I don't think just because Russ hit that squat that guarantees like he's hitting some massive total. No. Um, he is, he is, I, I still don't believe he is quite where he was last year, but I think he could very much be right on point with where he was last year with another week or so of progressing in it's where does Sean show up? I mean, again, I, even though I coach him, I think it is a warranted critique that he's had lackluster performances at nationals. And so it's the question mark. Does he show up if he can be nine for nine? Um, I don't think anyone uh, who has not, who has looked at this hard enough would say that this wouldn't be a battle mm -hmm. uh, if Sean executes, if Sean doesn't, we know Russ does execute. Um, so for after that, I really don't think there's a whole bunch of question marks there. I mean, going into the women's side, I do think Caitlin Barry has been hitting some lifts that have been very noticeable to the point where, yeah, I mean, if Natalie or Celine has an off day, Caitlin or honestly, Charlie Leonard could sneak in there. Charlie's been hitting some massive lifts too. Um, so I, it would not surprise me if Natalie or Celine had an off day and we had a big upset of Caitlin and Charlie moving into second place. Uh, but I still have to put definitely Natalie and Celine one and two, uh, 48 kilos, still super interesting. I mean, there's not really too many updates there. Um, well, Jessica's is, is Jessica battling some sort of injury seemingly hurting her bench. She is a little bit. We talked about that kind of during the preview show. I think a little, man, maybe it was, it wasn't. I it was yeah. I think there's a little bit of an injury on bench press. And might have leaked in the squat, but she just hit a squat PR. I think bench is still a little, little bit of an issue. Like I thought she, she very well was going to hit like an upper 90 kilo bench. And maybe now that's going to be slightly more like lower nineties, but even if she does that, I mean, she hit 91 at, uh, at collegiates and total 400 kilos. So I don't think that's going to change much of her being the favorite there. Um, moving on up 75 kilo. I think the battle between autumn and Claire's eyes getting more interesting by the day. Uh, I'm not going to allude to autumn's training, but if Claire's training is going well, Autumn is mirroring that for the most part. But Claire is obviously moving up a weight class, and uh, it is showing that that is a very good choice because her lifts are going off. And I think, I honestly think at this point, if Jasmine doesn't come in 100%, there could be some wiggle room there for either Autumn or Claire to sneak in if they have a perfect meet and Jasmine has an off day um, with how good Claire's training is going and Autumn's right on point too. Um, 82 and a half, not really many updates and really going 90, 100, 100 kilo, not really too many updates there. That's, that's probably the things I mentioned there are the main kind of things we've seen since that, that might factor in a little bit more into predictions. All right. Solana, anything to get off your chest prior to mega nationals and IPF worlds? Small thing. Jimmy Fisher just hit 253 by three bench press. Um, clearly the injury is subsiding because that's the Arnold Grand Prix. She had 237. So we are going to see a big bench from her. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking 270s. And she can squat and deadlift, though. She can. Can do that. Contrary to popular beliefs of past commentators, she does have two other lifts she performs in a meet. Luckily, we're going to be commentating uh, nationals. I mean, not you and I, but the team at points will be commentating. So <laughs> we'll have a pretty well-educated group of people commentating uh, Jamie Fisher's 
lifts. Yep. To be specific, Kyle Miller and Natalie Hansen will be commentating. All right. That session. Well, Kyle's kind of an idiot, so who the fuck knows? (laughs) Um, Besides that, I was saying the same thing about Claire's eye. Her chain is definitely going off. Bench press is looking excellent. Um, We saw someone hit a 771 deadlift yesterday, Angelo. Yeah. That felt felt Your deadlifts are going great. Yeah. That was the best my deadlift felt. Since I started, yeah. Prep, so that was nice. And can you list? I mean, I was really impressed by the amount of effort they put into the caption there in comparison to yeah. the previous shows. You know, he did that same exact <laughs> caption last year. So even that was facetious when I said that. He said that through my last cat because uh, I used to keep tabs like how creative does he get, and it's not very. But it's always deadlift ace. Angelo's got a big pull. He could pull himself into placing. Just which one will it be? It's like. I mean, I mean, if you if you're, I will give them this credit. If you're posting as much as they do per day, you got to get templates going. Because fuck making unique captions for everyone. Now, if it was an IPF lifter, if Delaney Wallace got new hair or something, then you know he, Ryan would not contain himself. Like you get all the research in the world for that. But if it comes to actual powerlifting and analysis, you won't get a whole lot there. Um, I'm gonna oh, say what fun, continue. Fun things I pull up King of the Lifts. Russ commented on their top five dots, and he says, I don't even know where my dots land. They can have those type top five spots. So again, just further confirmation what we already knew. He doesn't care. It, it's yeah, about winning. I saw that too. Yeah. I, I think all the 82 and a half, like, I, I've never really cared about dots. It's always it's always kind of just been about each other. Um, because it's always been a battle. Time. It's one class that every single year has arguably been a battle. Yeah. Every year. Yeah, and there's someone. There's doesn't mean it's doesn't mean it's always close, but the, the possibility of a battle is always there. Well, speaking of two and a halves, I guess my last minute. Uh, unless you were done, Solana, are you done? Um, last one, Ariel Patra just hit a three. I think it was three twenty squat. I believe it was three twenty. I hope I'm right. And her last meet, she hit two ninety two. So that's a substantial increase right there. We know her chain's been going off, but that was her best lift of the prep. So also very exciting. That's all I got. Yeah, really quick. I actually want to talk about the regular sessions of a few weight classes. 75 kilos, that's shaping up to be a great regular session battle. Dion Johnson's a guy I don't think we gave a whole lot of love. He doesn't post a lot on his Instagram. I've been watching his training in person and on Instagram. It is going really well. He's going to bench something very, very fat. Um, I don't know if it's quite on par with Anas, um, but he is looking really good. He is dialed in, and I think we're going to see Deion Johnson as a contender coming into these next few weeks, uh, or not, uh, next next year or so in this weight class. He's looking awesome, um, and that regular session right there is going to be really fun to watch. Kevin Tran, Deion Johnson, Michael Cole DiPietro, is there anyone else I'm missing there? Nico Flores is, I mean, he's under that. Mark Frizzell. Mark Frizzell. Yeah. Mark Frizzell. Like there's a lot of people in that regular session that can actually contend for that podium spot. And it's just going to be a great viewing experience. 82 and a half. I got to say it. Gage carry on is looking fantastic. 650 squat, 733 deadlift, and actually a bench press that isn't embarrassing. Um, and I'm one to talk, right? But I think he's, I think he's actually on par to go like 160, 162 on his bench press, but that squat and deadlift is no joke. He can potentially total 800 and that's going to put him right on par with David Chan, um, youth dong pros, which I don't think we mentioned a whole lot on, um, I think that actually puts him over youth dong pros, uh, Kyla DeLeon, um, 
Lucky. Luck, oh, and, and that was another one. And honestly, Lucky, Lucky honestly, might have some people get close to 800 kilos in the junior primetime session. The only thing is they don't count towards the 82 and a half. Chris Perez. Yeah, his training's been going really, really good. Yeah, and, really good. Yeah, the, the and prime times. Trevor Bolas might get close to eight hundred. Another person in the regular session I want to mention. So seventy-five and eighty-two and a half. Just because they're on prime time doesn't mean there's something not to watch. Trevor Bolas could potentially have the dead, uh, the squat national record. I think he will have it within the the regular session. I think he'll go over what Deuce Gruden put up in the Arnold. Remember, records reset. That is going to put Russ in a very interesting position, and depending on what Trevor does, it's no guarantee that Russ walks away with an American record squat. That is big. Telling yeah, because that's big. Because I, I mean, barring something crazy, I mean, Sean likely is opening with an American record bench, mm -hmm. so Sean's going to get a chip on bench. If Russ doesn't get a chip on squat, that's kind of big. Yeah, yeah, and which is kind of interesting because guess who coaches Trevor Bullis? <laughs> oh, I got a lot. That is fantastic. That is a really, that is a awesome, awesome storyline shaping up. So 82 and a half, 75 kilo regular session, something to look out for um, in regards to mega Nats. I'm really excited for that. And also, yeah, and I didn't even mention lucky lucky's lifts have been looking really good. I think he could potentially be there at 800 and you're looking at a 20, 20, 21 year old who's going to be contending next year. I think when with 82 and a half with the big boys, I think yeah. you're going to see some And once he there. starts wearing a belt on deadlifts, who knows no, what he can do. No, 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 that's a handicap. He never won. They, he he uses belt he uses belt deadlifts the opposite way we use beltless deadlifts. I, I know. I was I was being sarcastic. I, was, I know I was, was being, I know it was being sarcasm, but he has like put belt like Marcellus put belt deadlifts in if you want to What would self-limit What would happen deadlifts. if he used a breath belt? Would that be the perfect happy medium? If he if I Should we invest in a breath belt for Lucky? Those? Maybe that would teach him how to brace with a belt. I unfollowed Joe. Isn't Sullivan. that the point of a breath belt? Yeah, I, I actually, I, if, if I'm being completely honest, I have no fucking idea what it was supposed to do. Um, I was just in it for the memes, but I thought it was like a cock ring for your waist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I might sound like a. I might sound like a nerd here. I don't even know what cock rings do. What do those help with? What is the purpose? I don't of that fully thing? know. It's a good way to end the episode, by the way. It's gonna get actually get everyone in the Vegas mood, right? Like that's a great maybe, way to maybe get. We should Vegas. get. We'll get. We'll get Gage on here, and he can explain his cock rings to us. Oh God, Gage explaining. Gage things. will be the expert. Be, Gage explaining things. That's gonna be an episode. Gage, uh, we're gonna have a segment on two white lights. Gage explains things to us, and it's gonna be possibly 20 minutes of him mumbling and stumbling over his words. We have to do that. That would be amazing. So, uh, so wait, l l listen, uh, so yeah, that'll be, that'll be that for about five minutes and then he'll actually get some words in there. Um, oh God. Uh, anything else? To Another end here? Solana. Welcome to two white lights moment. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I saw Christopher Rocky hit a 402 deadlift, so her comeback is oh yeah, the comeback is real. dang good. Yeah, comeback. <laughs> I think she's worth being mentioned, maybe in top three. I think some podcasts completely didn't mention her at all, but it's okay. We did, yeah. Chrissy. We got you. Yeah, Chrissy. And Ariel, I was wrong. It was 325 squat, not 320. So I wanted to clarify that because hashtag no bad journalism here. No, yeah, yeah. Well, who would have thought Two White Lights would actually have good journalism? Thank you. 
well, the fact that we bought on Solana for these preview shows and uh, the recap episodes as well. We actually got some good journalism thrown in there. And if we fucked up on IPF Worlds, chances are like they weren't even listening. So aside from the American lifters and and the English lifters, um, if I look at the demographics of Two White Lights internationally, we do well in New Zealand. Shout out to New Zealand lifters. I know it's a big part of the community. Australia, lots of listens in Australia and the UK. The UK is primarily um, England, a little bit of Ireland thrown in there as well. But like France and other countries that might be listening, they don't even, they, they don't register. And I guess Canada, if we want to count them, they're our next door neighbors up north. They listen to a lot of two white lights as well. Also, Trinidad and Tobago. I think it's just Rondell Hunt and Sanjeev. <laughs> no one else lives there. I want I, I want to point out in Trinidad Tobago, I go to Chartable, like we get these weird rankings. Occasionally we're in their top sports podcast within the top two fifty. Don't know what's going on in Trinidad Tobago, but we appreciate the people who are listening over there. Don't know what's happening. We just appreciate it. Also, occasionally we fall in and out of Finland. I apparently there's some Finnish lifters out there who are listening and could understand what we're talking about. So that's uh, that's good. But nice. we're, we're almost Real quick. Okay. One, sorry, wanted to just say if y'all didn't have enough podcast to listen to with the 13 and a half hours we gave you, you want to hear more? We have podcasts in the power and lifting from Ariel Patra, who's competing, Cassandra Carlton, Jamie Fisher, Autumn Green, and I will have Gavin Martin. Gabby Martinez coming on to the Powerlifting Podcast Ooh. this Friday. So, ex- guys, check that out, too. I'm really excited for Gabby Martinez. Gabby Martinez is one of the more fierce competitors in powerlifting. Having a conversation with her in person, she's not a person who gives you like that fake, like, oh, you know, I'm just going to put my best foot forward and hopefully I, I could win. It's like, no, it's I'm going there to win. And that is the objective, is to beat people. And I love lifters like that, and I like people who don't hide that. So Gabby Martinez is going to be a fantastic interview. We're almost there. We're almost there to the biggest week maybe in powerlifting history. You have Mega Nationals and IPF Worlds happening all at once. This has never happened, obviously. So we're in a huge week of powerlifting. Thank you for everyone to listen. This will take you pretty much to that entire week, and then we're going to have the recap episodes to uh, to finish off that hectic, hectic week we're about to have. So, Steve, Solana, thank you. The hardest workers in powerlifting. Solana, you especially, with you doing side podcasts as well, with you doing your own podcasts. Um, that was greatly appreciated on our end. We'll definitely have you on more for the recap episodes and a lot of previous shows going forward. Uh, and also, you are competing at Raw Nationals as well, so good, or Mega Nationals, so good luck with that. Steve and I, I mean, again, hardest working powerlifting in the game, no excuses, covering both IPF Worlds and USAPL Mega Nats. I'm competing, commentating. You're coaching, commentating. Solano, you're also commentating. We have a lot going on this next week. You, We have a lot going on, so i got to thank you both for doing this. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace.